Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we are going to look at one of the accounts of the resurrection, specifically the account of the resurrection in Mark 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us to sit still in the text. I pray that we would look to you and hear something today about resurrection and about Easter that would form and shape our hearts, God, that would renew us at the center of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I chose this passage, and this is actually not in the uh, lectionary for today. It, it will pop up later in our lectionary reading. So if you're following along in the Book of Common Prayer through the Easter season, you will get to this one just, just today. I've jumped off. And I chose it because Mark's gospel tells the story of the resurrection in a way that is really unique relative to the other gospels. So we're just going to walk through it. And I might say a thing or two today that surprise you, but I think as we're walking through the Easter season and really seeking to be a people of the resurrection, a people who are looking at what the life of Jesus means for us, I think it's also really important to recognize that sometimes it's actually quite challenging. Uh, The resurrection is actually quite jarring, unsettling. So the women go to the tomb. It's the first thing we see here. Um, they love Jesus. They simply want to attend to his body. They, they bought spices. They are brave in that they want to go and do something with Jesus's body. And I want to say this very clearly. Their hope to be connected to Jesus in death had nothing to do with resurrection. They did not go to the tomb on Easter morning thinking about resurrection. These friends of Jesus had zero grid for resurrection. It's not what they were expecting. For them, these friends of Jesus, and for most Jews, the resurrection was something that people believed would happen at the very end of time, not here, not now, not at the tomb where Jesus was laid. It was just not a part of their their imagination. They were actually just looking to hold on to the body of Jesus as long as they could. They were trying to stay um, separation from Jesus for just as many moments as they could. So they were hoping to just be there, to anoint his body with oil, to rub spices onto his body to prevent the rot and the smell of decay and death. But they were not looking for life. See, Jesus had honored these three women. He had protected them. He had befriended them. He had um, he'd loved them very well. 
And now they were just in deep grief. And so they get to the tomb, these women, and they say, who will roll away the stone? And I think this is a really important question. I've been thinking about this question a lot lately. I've discovered that I've asked a similar question during times of grief and confusion. I've thought, and maybe this is a better way to understand their question. They're saying, how will I deal with the barrier that death and loss has created? How how am I going to get to God? And that's effectively what they're asking. How how are we going to get to him? Because we've lost him. And maybe you're sitting right now in a season in life where you have faced some loss and some grief and some disorientation. And if you have, you're probably sitting in a space where you're saying, how are we going to get the stone rolled away? How do we even get to God in the midst of all this confusion? But here's what I love. The women have no plan. They have no plan, and yet they go to the tomb anyway. And this is actually really helpful for me because pain and loss put space between me and uh, feeling in touch with God sometimes. And yet, like the women, I'm invited to go to where Jesus is anyway, to go regardless. They show up. And maybe right now, you are meant to show up. Maybe right now you're meant to just say, I'm going to show up. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know whether I'm going to feel great about things, but I'm going to show up. So they go to the tomb, the stone has been rolled away, the barrier has been dealt with without their help, and they go in. They go in looking for Jesus. I wonder what they were thinking. I I think maybe expecting just to find Jesus' body, thinking, well, the barrier has been removed, and yet they are confronted with a voice, with a person who says, do not be alarmed, you are looking for Jesus. And here we see a young man, unknown to them, sitting where Jesus' body is meant to be, and they are terrified, they're alarmed. This is not what they were expecting to see. And I find it fascinating that first, the angel, God through the angel, speaks to their fear. He says, don't be alarmed. And then he says, I want to stir hope in you. And this is one of the things that I think we're meant to grab onto during the Easter season. The Lord wants to speak to our fear, but he doesn't want to just leave it there. He's not here just to comfort you and me. He wants to spark hope in us. You are looking for Jesus. He's been raised. He is not here. See, they had come to the tomb looking for death, expecting death, hoping for closure, but God had something else in mind. He actually wants them to begin to hope for life in the middle of death. So what does the angel say? He says, but go, he, Jesus, is going on ahead of you. They are tasked with a job before they see Jesus with their own eyes. And I believe that Mark, as he wrote this gospel story, wants us to see something here. These friends of Jesus are being invited to step forward in faith despite their fear and confusion. And I want to say the same thing to you. You are being invited to step out into faith even when you feel disoriented, afraid. They are told to put one foot in front of another and move. And because of this, I relate and identify most with Mark's account of the resurrection. They're told you don't have it all figured out. You don't know where your story is going. You you feel very disoriented. I want you to move anyway. And I believe that's the word of the Lord to you and me. Would you move before you have everything figured out? I think that's what it means in part to be an Easter person, to be willing to move, to be willing to obey. So the next thing we see here is that Jesus has gone ahead and they are invited to bravely follow him. And the angel reminds them that Jesus has told him that this would happen, but their reaction is not inspiring. They don't behave like you would have liked them to behave. 
Verse 8 says, So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I'm going to read that again because you need to hear it. The angel says, Don't be afraid. Jesus has gone ahead. Go, follow him. And this is what what happens. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Y'all, that's it. That's the way Mark ends. Everything else that you have in your Bible was almost undoubtedly added by later uh, well-intentioned Christians who felt something was missing. Read it in your own Bible. Our earliest, most reliable manuscripts end after verse 8. Mark finished his gospel almost certainly with the women running out, terrified, not sure what to do. The last part of this chapter is almost certainly an addition. It was written probably in the early decades of the second century, and most scholars would say that's not the way Mark intended it to end. The way this book ends is entirely consistent with the way Mark has written the entire story. It's urgent, it's abrupt, it's brief, and their flight from the tomb is narrated with the same sense of the same verb used for the disciples when they ran away from Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. See, Mark says resurrection is hard to wrap your head around. Mark wants us to see that resurrection doesn't immediately lead to clarity and happily ever after. See, these women ultimately go and do exactly precisely what Jesus invites them to do through the angel. They they ultimately basically get to the point where they go back and preach the first sermon of the resurrection. But their initial reaction, similar to yours when confronted with life, is fear. They're freaking out. And I just want to say to you that if you are in the midst of a season of long disorientation, if you're in the midst of a process of grief and life just comes like crashing down on you, you're probably going to act essentially similar to the way the women act at the end of Mark's gospel. And that's okay. That's understandable. I believe the best Easter question we can ask is why were these friends of Jesus so afraid and unsettled? It's because they were expecting death and life came crashing down on them. Here's my prayer for you and me. I pray that we would be unsettled by the reality of resurrection and we would cut ourselves a little slack if we don't act just right when it first comes crashing down on us and that we would move through that disorientation to the hope of the resurrection. You are an Easter person. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you would keep us. pray that you'd watch over us. I pray that you'd settle us into the resurrection. But Lord, first, we give you permission to unsettle us. God, we want to give ourselves a little bit of grace to recognize that like these women, we may not know what to do when life comes into us. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression. Carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center.